don't know you, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are several weeks into a series called Walk This Way. We've been working our way through uh, two of the shorter books of the Bible called First Peter and Second Peter. Uh, you probably figured it out. They were written by a guy named Peter, um, who he was one of Jesus's closest friends, uh, was, was one of Jesus's disciples, but in a lot of ways was also kind of a hot mess. I feel like some of the dumbest things spoken in the Bible were spoken by him. Um, and I can relate to that, you know? Like, like, I love this series because there's so much we can learn from his experience that becomes applicable to how do I live? Like, what do I do? What kind of decisions do I make? What does my life look like? Um, and so I'm really glad that you guys are here. Um, and before we, we dive into what uh, we're going to look specifically at Second Peter today, um, I want to I start off with a question. Um, and the question is, why are you here? And when I say that, I don't mean like existentially, like, like why were you put on the planet? I mean like, like why are you here? Like, why did you come this morning? Because I can think of lots of reasons you shouldn't be here. Um, like it's daylight savings. You should probably still be sleeping in your coronavirus bunker, dreaming of the beans and rice that you're going to boil in the morning because um, you're never going to come out of there again, right? Like there, there's a lot of reasons not to come here. Why'd you come here today? Did you just want a free cup of chai? Because I feel like you had other options, right? Um, I know for some of you, you're just tired of your children uh, and you wanted someone else to watch them for an hour. And if that's you, just know I feel you. I have a four and a six-year-old. That's, I mean, I work here and it's still why I come. Um, but I, I, I did some research and, and the best that I can figure, around 120 million Americans get up every Sunday and roll into a church. Why? Why do we all come here? And that's going to be a guiding question for us today, and I'm going to leave you hanging on that one uh, while we dive into what I think the Bible has to say about that. So we're going to read a passage, but before we do, let me say this word of prayer, if you'd pray with me. God, we thank you so much for this morning, for this place, for the opportunity to be here. Um, God, I want to pray um, just a prayer of thanks that, you know, we came in this space together, and we we have sung together, and we're going to try to learn together, and we'll, we'll sing again, and that you can use all of those things to speak a message directly into our life. So God, my prayer is that as we read these words um, from Second Peter, as we talk about what they may mean, as we do everything that we're going to do in the continuation of this service, I pray that for every person in this room that we would hear um, a special word directly from you to us, meant for us. Um, God, we pray that you would speak. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so here we go. This is 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's dig in. 
uh, because the very first line of that passage has bothered me my entire life, ever since the first time I read it. This is what it said. Ready for this? By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You ever, you ever feel like you're not plugged into that power? Like, like everything I need? Like, I'm not exactly sure what godly life means, but it makes me think like, like, like you've already given me everything I need to make all the right choices, to do all the right things, to treat everybody the right way. Like, I get this image, like, yeah, maybe that power's out there, but I have the wrong power adapter. You know, like, like I still have the old iPhone with that fat plug, and everybody else has, like, the cool little one, like the lightning plug that goes in there. And, like, it may be there, but my battery's empty. It is not getting inside of me. His divine power has, has given me everything that I need for living. See, I, I can't relate to that. But he says something in verse 4, I can. It goes on. Look at this. So we'll put that up there. It's this last line. Um, where he talks about the world's corruption caused by human desires. Now that I can relate to. That I understand. I understand having a, having a desire or something in my life that takes me in the wrong direction, that makes me, at the end of the day, put my face in my palm and be like, what in the world was I thinking? That, that I can get to. Because it happens way too often that I end the day and I'm, I'm trying to review how things went, the way I treated somebody an interaction that I had, a decision that I made, and all I can do is shake my head. As I think, that's not the person I like to think of myself as, but that is definitely what I did. You ever had that feeling? Because I, I, I can, and you know, in my life, the way that I have most commonly experienced what I would say is like, like God working in me, it, it happens in little things, not in these like big, like grand gestures. And so I want to share with you just something I've been working through over the past two weeks or so. So, so here's kind of what happened. Uh, two weeks ago, I just suddenly became really aware that I harbor a ton of jealousy towards a friend of mine, like a lot of it. And, and really, it's just like there's the kind of this, this thought, like this thing like that I would like to have in my life that is not there. And suddenly I got a lot less aware of my own life, but I got hyper aware of that, the presence of the thing I want in one of my friends' lives. And I, I just felt this overwhelming sense of, of jealousy for this friend. And so it kind of got me set on a path, right? And the path started with, you know, I, I, I just had a desire. And desire in and of itself is not a bad thing. Like God made you to hope for things, to dream of things, to want things, to grow. Like, like God, God made you for that. The problem for me is that it stopped being about what I wanted in my life, and it started about seeing it in someone else and feeling really jealous of that, right? So it, there's, there's movement here. It led me to this place. And then what I began to experience is that left unchecked long enough, that jealousy started to feel like like pain like I was actually hurting because of this thing that I lacked that I wanted that someone else had that that hurt and left alone long enough my hurt turned into bitterness right it stopped being about this kind of acute precise one thing I'm lacking and now I just have this general 
state of I'm just feeling bitter. And then it turned into anger. And I found myself deeply angry with a friend of mine who has never done anything wrong to me except have something I wish I had, right? Like, all of a sudden, like, I'm having all these, like, you ever have, like, angry dreams? Like, I'm having, like, angry dreams at a friend of mine. And what grew out of that was a sense of entitlement. I started to have this inner monologue that kept going on that just talked about how much I deserve something more than this friend of mine does. And it feels like the whole world is now conspiring against me because everyone should know I'm the person who should have whatever it is that I want. And where I, I end up in this miserable, miserable place where suddenly I feel discontent about every part of my life, right? I, I started as, man, there's, just a, there's an area I'd like to see my life grow, and I end up in this place where I'm now pretty, I hate everybody and everything, right? Like, like just deeply discontented. And I want to ask, like, do you recognize that pathway in your life? Have you ever walked down that road? What does it look like for you? Because it's not always these words for me, right? And maybe it's not always these words for you. Some, some, some other pit stops that I sometimes take on this journey is um, in, in fear or shame, anxiety, apathy. Sometimes one that I'll do, this is a great little triple, it's a triple stop where I get, I start with um, self-pitying and then um, self-loathing. And then I get in this place where I just kind of like hate myself. You ever, you ever been there? What, like, what are the words for you? If you really stop, you close your eyes and think about it. Like, do you have a, a path that, that your, your, your nature, your intuition tends to take you down? Because I do. And this is what it's looked like for me just in the last couple weeks. Now, the reason that we're reading this passage is because Peter offers us a very different path that we can take. This is what he says in verses 5 through 7, right? He says, to make every effort to supplement your faith with, and this version says moral excellence. Most versions of the Bible say goodness, and that fit on my chart better. So we're going to go with goodness. Um, and add to your goodness, knowledge. And to your knowledge, Self-control. And to self-control, patient endurance. And to endurance, godliness. Godliness, brotherly affection. And to brotherly affection, love for everyone. And this one has movement too, right? But this takes us in a very different direction and to a very different place. So here's a question. You have to choose a friend from two people and all you know are these attributes. Which friend do you choose? Do you choose this happy dude right here or this lovely person over here, right? Everybody chooses this side. How about this? 
if your friends were asked to describe you to someone who doesn't know you, do you hope that they describe this person or this person? Because the truth is, for the last couple weeks, I've been this one. And that's not, that's not who I want to be. Because, see, the, the left side, the right side of that chart, like, these are rich, beautiful words, right? These, this is the sort of person that you want to be. And look at the destination. I think this is so important. This one led me to this miserable place where I literally, I was feeling discontent about everything in my life. And this leads me to feeling overwhelming love for everybody around me. That is a better place to end up, right? Let me, let me continue to share. I, I want you to understand the context of me coming to this realization that I've, I'm harboring all of this jealousy. Because this is what happened. Uh, it was in the morning, and I had cleared out a small chunk of time to, to sit, and I was going to read my Bible, and I was going to pray for a little bit. And I was having a terrible time. I was hating every minute of it. Because I'm trying to read the Bible, and I'm super distracted. Because I, I keep having this just like anger spiral as I think about this friend of mine. And now I'm, like, even more mad at him because now he's messing up, like, the only quiet moment I'm going to get all day, right? What a jerk. Um, so I'm in that moment, and eventually I have to stop and just ask myself, why can't I think about anything else? Why do I feel this way? And I began to ask myself that question, and then the strangest thing happened. I felt compelled in that moment to stop what I was doing, to put my Bible aside, and to pray for my friend to pray for more goodness in his life, right? It, something prompted me to do an act that I think showed goodness, to just choose to pray for his benefit. And this weird thing happened as I did, as I prayed for him, uh, my mental image of him grew. And I realized I had started to see just this one little sliver of a friend of mine's life. But as I prayed for him, I remembered everything else about him. My knowledge grew. I had forgotten. I had become incapable of seeing the fullness of who this person was, right? And the thing is, like, I still felt all of this stuff. So I had to practice some self-control to not let myself just go down this spiral. But no, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to pray for a friend, right? My life, like, the circumstances didn't change. It took endurance to continue patiently waiting in that. Right? Like it moved me in this direction. And suddenly I realized something. As I considered the fullness of my friend, I realized, you know what? I, I don't hate my friend. Always a good thing to remember, right? I don't hate my friend. I felt affection for him, my brother. And the time kind of ended. And, and, I, and I'd love to be able to tell you that I, you know, I had this transcendent experience and that my whole day. No, I, I put my Bible and my journal away. I went to work. I went through a normal day at work. I came home, the kind of our routine is like, I get home, uh, we cook dinner, feed, feed my kids, um, play with them a little bit, try to get them clean. Sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Get them to sleep, that's always hard. Um, and then my wife and I get to speak to each other for the first time since yesterday. Um, and so then we talk for a little bit while we like clean up the kitchen, tidy up the house, and then we put ourselves to bed. But there is something that I do every night. Every night before I go to bed, I go into each of my daughter's rooms and I just pull the blankets up around them. I tuck them in. I make sure they're covered, and I kiss them on the forehead, right? I do that every night. But on this night, when I walked out of my second daughter's bedroom, and I'm standing on, in the hallway, just kind of a landing, so I can kind of, like, see my whole house there. 
from out of nowhere, again, I do this every day, and this doesn't happen every night, but I got this overwhelming sense of gratitude. Because, you know, part of our story is it, it was really hard for my wife and I to become parents. That, that didn't just, just happen easily for us. And I walk out of my second daughter's room and just realize, like, I am so grateful for these little girls and, and who I'm getting to parent with, with my wife. And I think probably the thing in my life I am the most grateful for is my marriage. And I'm in a vantage point in my house where I can see most of the house. And I'm just thinking of, like, this is a place filled with, like, love and play and relationships. And, and how, like, I had, like, all the way down, it was, like, gratitude was coming out of my kneecaps, if that's a thing. Like, like it, like, came from on a high. Like, I, re- I feel like I received a gift to stop and take an honest appraisal of my life and see there is so much goodness in this. And I got to tell you, I walked away with this, this overwhelming sense of love. It prepared me to be kind, to be grateful, to live differently. I wasn't in this place in that moment. I got to this other place. And I went to bed that night, and in the morning when I woke up, um, I, I keep a, a little journal. I got out, and, and I, I wrote a prayer of gratitude to God. And I would like to read it to you. So this, this is what I wrote that m- next morning. Lord, thank you for this wonderful life you have blessed me with. We have more than we need and a home full of love, friends and family who are near and who love us well. I'm sorry that I spend so much time yearning for what I don't have, feeling jealous of what you have given others and failing to fully appreciate all that you have put in my life. You've answered our biggest prayers. Thank you for the parents who raised me and taught me how to love. Thank you for the 24 years that I got to have with my dad. Thank you for the friendships that have endured the years. Thank you for a wife who fills our life with love. Thank you for the heroic young women who carried our children and for the beautiful little girls who call me daddy. Thank you for the miracle of kidney transplants. Thank you for the gift of work and the abilities that you have breathed into me. Thank you for giving me a dream and a future. Help me to hold it and work toward it without forgetting all you have already given. Help me to love you, love my life, and love all your people more today than ever before. I love you. Amen. Because, guys, when I can see clearly, when I really think about it, I actually think I have more reason in my life to be grateful than most people do, and I constantly forget it. Constantly forget it. I get stuck in this column and I become blind to all of the best parts of my life. And let me just say the the problem isn't like feeling jealousy, right? Jealousy can actually tell me something that I need to know about myself. It can tell me that I'm experiencing a deficit. And once I can name that, I can try to move forward and seek healing it. The, The problem is if I live in this place for too long. I would hate it if anybody came today and you walked out feeling worse about yourself because you have the kinds of feelings that show up over here. That's not the problem. The problem is that when we stay stuck in that place for too long, it becomes destructive to ourselves, to our relationships, to the people around us. That's what hurts us. But we can break out of that. 
See, here's what I think is amazing. In going from, from this column to this column, none of the substantive circumstances in my life changed. I still have this desire. It hasn't, it's not just like magically that all changed. My life didn't change. I changed. So here's the most important thing I'm going to say today. So if you've already tuned me out, just give me, just tune in for 120 seconds because this part's important because I think it could be really easy to look at something like this, look at a list like this and think that that is asking me to embark on this just like clinch fist, clinch fisted like, like just moralism, like you're just going to will yourself to pull yourself up by your bootstraps to just be good, like I will be good, right? And th that is not it, guys, that is not it. To really understand what's going, we have to go back to verse 3, right? Where we started, by where it says, by my divine power. So it doesn't say that, right? By his divine power. It's God's power, right? And what's really important is this, we have received all of this by coming to know him. Um, Second Peter was originally written in Greek. The word that is translated there, that by coming to know him, it, it um, implies... Entering into a relationship with Jesus and choosing to follow him. There's a sense of commitment implied there. You know, we talk about like feeling like I have the wrong power adapter. That's, that's how you plug in. You plug into that power for changing your life from God by leaning into your relationship with him. See, I, I didn't do this in my life. I wasn't, it wasn't just by like my own smarts, my own ability that I was able to, that I, for a moment, move from one column to the next. I didn't do that. God did that in me. But, but I did do something. I did do, like there was a role for me to play. But you gotta understand that this passage is not about us making ourselves good enough for God. It's about the God who already chose you, working to transform you and set you free from the things that oppress you. Because that's what happened for me, right? I was just humming along. I, I couldn't, if you had asked me, I couldn't have even expressed to you that I was harboring all of these feelings of jealousy and anger and discontentment. But that morning, I cleared out some time and I sat down to read my Bible and to pray. And the reason I did that is because for me, that is the most effective and powerful way for me to experience closeness with Jesus. And while I think that the, the, the Bible and prayer has a place in everyone's life, um, different people have different ways that will help you feel the most like close and connected to Jesus. For some of you, that might be when you have the opportunity to sing songs to God like we do here. Um, it might be like going uh, for a walk in a beautiful place with a trusted friend and being able to talk about the deep things in your heart with that person. We experience God in different ways, but for me, the best way is quiet moments, reading the Bible and prayer. And when, when I go to the Bible, like my goal is never to read the most number of pages, right? It's not to recite the most prayers. So the goal is to have closeness with Jesus. And if you've been around churches very long, you, you've probably heard somebody say the phrase like, well, God told me to X, Y, Z, right? And, and maybe you've wondered like, what does that mean? Like, do, are you actually hearing voices, right? 
So for me, it's like I didn't hear a booming voice from on high that said, Chris, stop being a jerk, right? That might work better, actually. That would be great if that could happen, but that's not what happened. Instead, I became aware of a spiraling thought of anger. Something made me feel like I need to stop and pray for this person. And later that day, I felt like I received this gift to have my eyes opened and realize all that I have to, uh, to be grateful for. I believe that that's God speaking to me, speaking into my life to shape me, to change me, right? There's a line in, in verse 5 um, where Peter says, make every effort. He's like, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness and knowledge and self-control and endurance and godliness and brotherly affection and love for everyone. Make every effort. I love that idea because there, there's this level of try here, right? There is, but, but it's not to make myself perfect. It's to lean into my relationship with Jesus and then try to live in the way that he shows me. To lean first in that to relationship and then try to live in the way that he reveals to me. You know, most parts of my life, and, and maybe this is true for you, I have a plan. So like most recently, like we filed our taxes and we're gonna get a very small uh, return this year. And so we called, we have a financial planner and said, hey, like what's the plan? What should we, should this go into like our kids' college funds where we have a plan? How are we gonna send them there? Or into our retirement fund where we have a plan? How do we get to stop working? You know, like uh, we, we, in most parts of our life, we have a plan. For some of you, it might be like, hey, the plan is I have to work, I have to study this much to get these grades, to get into that school, or to get into this kind of career. Or I, gotta, I have to run this much, I have to train this hard to make that team, right? Uh, it could be for you at work, like I have to, like we have these goals that have been set for us, and as a team, we have to develop a plan. How are we going to achieve that goal? We have a plan in most parts of our lives, but what about in our spiritual life? Do you have a growth plan for your soul? So I started the sermon by asking a question. Why are we here? Why are you, you here? I can't speak for you, but I'll tell you why I'm here. Because I'm, I'm making an effort. I am making an effort to grow closer in my relationship with Jesus. And to tell you the truth, everything that we do around Ascent is for that reason. So here's a couple examples. Have you ever wondered, and I'll bet some of you have, like, why do churches sing, right? There, there's really no other, like, like cross-section of life where we get together and we sing karaoke in unison, right? Like, that would be weird. Why do churches sing? Well, because music, art, speaks to a side of us that the spoken word doesn't, right? It elicits our emotions. It opens our heart to God, and it aligns our hearts with him. It helps us be closer to Jesus. That's why we sing. On the way in, you probably got hit in the shin by a kid on a tricycle, and you saw a bouncy house down there. Why would a church have tricycles everywhere in bouncy houses? Do you want to know why? Because we believe that our kids are as important to God as grown-ups are, and that God speaks their language, and the language of a child is fun and play, and God sees them and meets them there, and so we want this to be a place that tells kids that is true about God that he sees you, he understands you, he loves you, he welcomes you, and he makes a space for you. Because if they can come to church and feel that, I believe that will become a foundational piece of how they view God for the rest of their lives. We have bouncy houses because it helps people be closer to Jesus. For the last, like, month, we had somebody up here every week talking about core groups. 
Why would we try to organize people into smaller groups that we call core groups? Because we believe that the human soul grows closer to God best when it is connected in community to other people. When you have people who know you, who know your story, who can encourage you and walk that journey with you. So we have core groups because it helps people be closer to Jesus. Tonight, the Ascent Men's Group is, hap is happening. We get together once a month. Tonight, we're going to be at Gravity Brewing in downtown Louisville from 5 to 7. Any dude out there, come join me there. And you might be thinking, how could a bunch of guys drinking beer in a brewery have anything to do with growing closer to Jesus? Well, here's why. We live in one of the least churched parts of America. Did you know that? Did you know that there are people around here who actually have pretty bad feelings towards the church? What I have found is that there are a lot of people who they do not feel comfortable or wanted walking through the doors of a church, but they will meet me out at a brewery. They will walk in and take a first step into a relationship that can help them understand who Jesus is and that he loves them deeply. So we go. If you're a dude, 5 to 7, Gravity Brewing, downtown Louisville, I hope you'll be there. Tomorrow night at 7, the gathering will be happening. That's a big group of women who are going to come. And you can hear my friend Rebecca talk about what it's like to live life with abundantly because of God's effect in it. And you'll get to come and you'll sing songs to God. You'll hear her teach. But most importantly, you'll sit around a table with some other women and have the chance to share your life, to build relationships, and it will help you come closer to Jesus. We, before I got up here, we watched a video of, um, of a young lady named Holly talking about, this is a teenager who gave up her vacation to go on a mission trip and then volunteered through a busy senior year to show up every week for middle schoolers to love and serve them. Why would a teenager do that? Because God made every one of us with gifts that can be used to love and serve other people. And when you use those gifts to serve them, to love them, you understand yourself better and you understand the God who loves you better. It brings you closer to Jesus when you use the gifts that he put in you. If you walked in through that door right there, you walked by a table that had a big stack of Bibles on it. We have free Bibles available every week. If you don't have a Bible or you have 10 Bibles and you just want 11, take a Bible when you go today. Why would we set out free Bibles? It's not because it's a magical book, but it's because the Holy Spirit promises to show up your, in your life in ways that you cannot imagine when you seek to meet God in these words that have been preserved for us and given to us as a gift. Why do people pray? We pray because you can't, um, you can't be close to someone you don't know. And you can't know someone that you don't talk to. Prayer is our opportunity to talk to Jesus. You guys, like this church exists for no other reason than to help you identify how to build upon a close relationship with Jesus and have it make your life richer, more full, and what it was always intended to be. That's why I'm here. And I hope it's why you're here too. And I hope that each one of us will be able to leave today inspired and encouraged to ask God, what is that thing I can do today, this week, to draw closer to you and that you would make a commitment to do it, to build upon that relationship? Because the truth is, when I'm left on my own, I always drift back to this side. I, I always come back here when I'm left on my own. 
And the Bible actually has a word to talk about that pattern in our lives. And that word is sin. It is this, this inborn part of me, this consistent pattern that pulls me in the wrong direction and leads me to make the wrong choice, to go the wrong place, to do the wrong thing. And, and, and I just, I end up carrying regret, shame, hurt, pain, all of these things, and, and, and it, it gets worse and worse. But this passage of, of what Peter's sharing, it actually, it doesn't end where, where I cut off. I want, I want you to hear what he says in verses 10 and 11. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, there's a different way to go. And let me just say about this, uh, if you're like me, you can, especially the phrase, the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And maybe you go immediately to, oh, this is just talking about like when I die. This is talking about heaven and hell. And you've got to understand that that's not what is being said. When the Bible talks about eternal life, it is always talking not just about the quantity of your life into the future. It's talking about the whole quality of your lived experience. Jesus wants you to have a rich and full and great life now. He's not just talking about what happens later. He's saying you can experience this now. One of the things that Jesus said most often when he was alive, is he said the kingdom of God is here. Not that it's coming later. The kingdom of God is here right now. And we experience that through relationship with Jesus. We experience that by coming into contact with him. And then through that relationship, through the decision to follow him, we find forgiveness and we experience. We can have a new start. We can experience freedom from all the things in our lives that are holding us back and are draining the joy from us. And it moves us towards this rich and abundant life that the Bible talks about and that Jesus wants for every person. And listen, we all have space to grow. Lord knows I do, right? But a long time ago, I did make a decision. I decided I want to have that relationship. And I want to make a commitment to trying to follow Jesus more and more every day. But every day I have to wake up and I have to decide that again. That today I'm going to make the effort to draw close to Jesus. And if you're like me in that, my prayer is that you'll do that. That today, say a prayer to God and say, hey God, what can I do today to be near to you? to put myself in a position to hear what you are saying and to be led by you. I pray that you'll, you'll say that prayer and that you'll make a commitment, make the effort to try. But also know that there are a lot of people in this room who you've never done that and, and you don't even know what that would look like. What would it look like to live life in relationship with Jesus? And if that's you today, let me just say this. I have found that often in life it is helpful to have a a moment when you draw a line in the sand. When you say, I'm gonna commit to this. I'm gonna decide to not just be an observer of Jesus any longer. I want to have that kind of relationship. 
I want to follow Jesus in that way. I want to put myself in the presence of God and hear those kind of impressions that can help me grow, that can help me change, that can set me free from the things that bind me and help me experience the life of abundance that God has hoped for me. And if that's you, I would say, have that conversation. The beautiful thing about God is prayer works 24 hours a day. Anytime you can come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't know what that looks like, but I would love to have that. So I believe that, that you actually know me, that you love me, that you've seen every part of my story and you've forgiven it. And I invite you, be a part of my life. Show me what to do. Speak your voice into mine. And I also know you may be in this room and, and that, that's not you either. Just know we are so glad that you are here too. And you will always have a place in this church and you will always belong here. But I do want to say, if, if today's the kind of moment when you're like, gosh, you know, I've been, I've been drawn here, I've been here, but I feel like it's time for something to change. It's time for me to make a decision. I, it will help if you tell someone. So if you're in a core group, tell your core group leader, tell your group. If you came with family or friends who brought you here, tell that person. But if you don't know who to tell or if you just want to tell more people, I hope you'll tell me. And so I'm going to put my, this is my email address. It's easy to remember. My name is Chris, and it's hey Chris, hey Chris, at ascentcc.org. If that's you, shoot me an email. I would love nothing more than to sit down over a cup of coffee or a lunch and, and hear your story and talk with you about what God is doing in your life. Because the best parts of me, the best parts of my life are the ones that God has spoken into me in the moments when I chose to make an effort. So my prayer is that you will make that effort to draw close to God.